0: You're listening to the Hammersley Brothers podcast. If you'd like to get started with three of our best tools, see the link in the show notes. They're free and video training is included. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about the best kinds of e commerce sites we'd like to invest in or own and the types of e commerce sites we definitely wouldn't. We're going through the characteristics of those different sites and I hope you enjoy it. So let's get started.
1: Good afternoon.
0: Yes. Yeah. I am it... I am are you in your are uh, you? professional recording studio.
1: Why at... you why do you at every opportunity undermine me, make me make me look inferior. <laughs> yes, I'm in the car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in the car. Yeah. It's just like uh, it's just like that guy you did a present uh, presentation with. Who was the guy you did the the guy's got a professional podcast, and then he's got all the microphones you talk about. Um, diary of the CEO. Oh yeah. Steve, Steve yeah. Bartlett.
1: Very yeah. similar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What question, what question did you ask him? Cause you, he, he, you had to, you had to ask I him. I asked him.
1: I, yes, I was on, I was on stage before him and I was, I was told I had to ask him a question that he didn't know about before he got asked it. And yeah, I asked a really boring question. And then as soon as I asked it, I thought that's a really boring question, but it was too late like, committed. And I asked him what what was his biggest failure? What is you know, what what business adventure did he thought did he think would do really well? But actually was absolutely rubbish. Mm. Um and I think I asked that question because I asked you to help me. Yeah,
0: I think I gave you that question. question. And you, and you gave a me
1: question. that question, and I was like, that's rubbish. Actually, so I blame you for that.
0: But, yeah, but the question it, I
1: should have, I wanted to ask him, was because yeah. he 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 had a guest on his podcast talking about uh, AI, and the yeah. guy, he was called Mo, Mo Gaffat, I think, said, he said that, that we should hold off having children. If you if you're a, you know a, a person and you're thinking about having children, you should wait to see what happens to AI before you decide to have children or not. And I was like, heard that, I just thought that was absolutely mental yeah um and um like real scare like terminator stuff i just thought it was ridiculous personally i thought it was stupid and um i should that's what i should have asked him i should have <laughs> asked him do you really believe that we should hold off having children because of yeah. ai but i didn't i asked a really boring question and it was a boring answer
0: well like, to be honest, Thanks it was probably replaced your question you were gonna ask and I probably rescued you from an even worse question, which is probably something <laughs> like, you know, which supermarket you shop at or something like that. Like so do you like blue? Would have been Would have been better. Um, anyway, this is a yeah. commerce e- e- commerce podcast Ian. We've gotta get back to the point.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, do people listen to this, surely I not. Know. Just our mom and dad, that's it, pretty much. And even they've <laughs> <Yeah>. given up. <laughs> um, we, uh, we're going to talk about the types of businesses we would want to own and the ones we wouldn't want to own uh, based on certain characteristics. And the reason for this is because I think, well, it's just, it just brings out a lot of the fundamentals of e-commerce. And I think that, 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 that from this discussion, people will start, hopefully understand about the business they're in, how they can make it better, on all that, all those things, and also for people who are who are, um, you know, adding new products or even starting stores, they, it give them a bit of an idea of of what of what we look for. Um, so let's 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 kick it off. So um, mm. let's let's talk about let's talk about the e-commerce businesses we wouldn't want to own. And and to be honest, this is coming from a point of view of. Oh, gosh, I don't know how many. I think I think at Google Analytics you can add 500 accounts, can't you? And I think we've got probably like five or six Google Analytics accounts that are pretty much full of sites. So we've pretty much seen them all. We've seen we've seen huge amounts of different e-commerce sites and of course mm. you sometimes occasionally come across an e-commerce site you go bloody hell I'd like to own that. Oh, that looks nice and it, Obviously, mm. um, a lot of the time—or well, not a lot of time—but other times, you come across common sites. You go, "What are you doing?" That's the game you're playing is so hard, you know. Yeah, but uh, people get stuck in it,
1: and that's—I yeah, I know. And I think it probably it's a good topic to talk about because it does talk about some of the core stuff that we that we believe in. And, and um, one of the things that I talk about. So when I when I when I did in fact, and I did that speech in in London. I was talking about how sometimes you, you, you look at two e-commerce businesses and one looks super shiny and super polished and amazing. and looks great and, and it's got a great team around it. Um, and then you've got another e-commerce business that doesn't look as polished, hasn't got a particularly wonderful team. Um, but it's flying. It's like, Mm. it's doing really well. Like it's really growing. Whereas the one that looks really slick and polished and everyone's doing the right thing, you know, great team, invested in the right things. It's stuck. And you're like, what's going on there? And it's like, you can't see it from the outside, you know, what a decent e-commerce business is. You can't, you cannot see it. And the reason why you can't see it is because it's the maths behind the business that make it easier or harder. So. The business, like the, the first one I mentioned, like super slick e-commerce business compared to the, to like the one that didn't look so good. Like you know, behind the super slick one, it was like, it was like trudging through quicksand. like, Oh God, everything, mm-hmm. it was a battle. Everything was hard work. Like, you know, you really having to push hard. And the other one that, you know, was being pushed along. By the yeah. by, the headwind, like, because the maths are on the side, and it's like, and you know, and so obviously, what we're talking about when we say the first thing we look at is is the maths. It's like, is it a high margin, high lifetime customer value business, mm. or is it a a high average order value with a high margin and low lifetime customer value, or it's you know, you so do, do you want? Let's expand those points a bit,
0: shall we? Yeah. So take each one. Well, I just was going to go back to what you're saying because um, it kind of reminded me of when I first went into business and I thought that because I was a clever chap and because I was hard worker, that I could make any business work regardless of, you know, I'm going into business and I'm going to do really well in it. But uh, as I got older, I realized that the game I chose to play was, was really important because I, I could be fantastic in a really crappy model and do really badly. Mm. and it, it and, and the market would just Completely destroy me because it was just mm. it didn't care how clever I was in a bad market. Yeah. So and but, and, and you're and you don't realise that
1: you don't realise. Takes no. you a long time to. So I think I, I I felt the same. Yeah. Mm. When I, I definitely felt the same. And you kind yeah. of think you think you can make it work. You think and you're like, oh, we don't even need to play this game. And what we mean by that? So so a bad a business that we wouldn't want to own. And this is just. I'm not saying this is wrong, but a business that makes it harder is if a business, from a maths perspective, has got. I had a chat. In fact, I had a call today. I had someone who yeah. was wants to inquiring about coming on one, on one of our deep dive programs, and the the it was a low average order value business. It's about thirty dollars average mm. order value. Uh, margin margin was okay but the lifetime customer value wasn't great either It's about 1.1.3 times so Mm. you know it's low average order value low be average to low lifetime customer value and it's like and they're losing money Mm. you know already and it's like hmm you know can i fundamentally change these can can i easily increase the lifetime customer value Together, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Can I re? Can I increase the average order? Like no, I can't. That's pretty much stuck. Can I increase the margin? No, it's 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 it's, it's where it needs to be. So you 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 haven't got much place to go. So mm. that's that's what we mean by if it like anything over sixty percent margin, we normally find is 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 good is great. Anything over like two times a year purchases is good. Mm anything over like a $100 a purchase is good yeah like they were the one that's what we would look for not that not that you can't make the others successful but it, it
0: it's like you know yeah if you world. can choose yeah you tick, can tick, choose tick, anything. Tick. yeah yeah i mean it, it's interesting that you obviously one of our tools and if you haven't got our tools there's a link in the show notes to go and get the tools of the margin calculator sheet you know just go and play with it and put a margin in of 10% like a really low margin and re- and and look at how increasingly lifetime customer value like how many people buy how much profit that gives you it gives you very little so it, it, it like you know if you're only getting ten percent if you're spending hundred bucks uh, products hundred bucks and you're getting ten dollars you get two sales out of a customer you're only getting twenty dollars and not everybody's gonna buy twice so it doesn't make the difference whereas we were looking at someone they had a 90 percent uh, margin and the lifetime customer value on a product with a 90% margin makes a huge difference. Like it, it yeah. phenomenally brings the profit in, which means you can you can really recruit on the front if you can see the figures there. And there are e-commerce businesses out there that have 90% margin. And th- those are the ones that, you know, you want, like if you can, those are the ones you want to be scaling with. Because like this business I was looking at, and I was looking at and I go, well, if we get the lifetime customer value up, just by about 20%, we can actually recruit on like a 1.1 ROA. So like for every hundred dollars we spend, we only need to get $110 in. And we still make 30% gross margin at the end of it. And that's phenomenal. Because you're that going up phenomenal. you're going up against other people who are buying that media on Facebook and Google um, who probably need to have um, a ROAS two, three times higher than you, and you're just going to be able to wipe the floor with them, and then what you can pay yeah. for the impression, you
1: can, and you can just get away with murder. You yeah. know, it, it literally is a license to print money. And like you say, there yeah. are, you know, they, we do come across e-commerce businesses like that that have 90% margin. In fact, we're working with one at the moment. It's got 90% margin and a lifetime customer value is three times a year.
0: Yeah. And it's like, yeah.
1: whoa, would we, can we invest please? Like I think, you know, it's, it's a, they're the sort of businesses that we'd want to own because yeah. it's, it's just a lot easier to scale them because the well, math. Well, those kind side. of
0: businesses, those kind of businesses are typically things like skincare uh, consumables, like shampoo,
1: cosmetics, yeah.
0: Cosmetics, you know, like those, those things because you, you, you've got a product that is very high margin and people use over and over like a shampoo, which, at the, you know, if you get the shampoo right, people are paying. Like My wife pays for a shampoo, something like 60 to 80 dollars for a bottle of shampoo. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, and, and it, the it loyalty lasts, on yeah.
1: on this so on those kind of
0: cosmetic types
1: of like skin, skin care or, you know, shampoo types. of The, the loyalty, the customer loyalty is unreal. Mm. You know, you, it's like 10 years. Even great. Do you know when you know it's even greater? I'll just say one last mm. thing about the cosmetics. You know, it's even greater is when the product has more than a cosmetic function. It has a slight, like, health problem-solving nature to it as well mm. because that is even more sticky, even more lasting customer value. So if it, was, yeah. it had a slight angle of it was great for, you know, a particular type of eczema or a particular type of skin condition...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it was you. It reduced to the chance of chance of getting cancer or something like that like if you if you yeah. got that into your body well, or something yeah well, it's,
1: and it's like it's, it's just unbelievable but obviously the the, the the you know the tricky thing is how you be disruptive
0: in those yeah and I, and I was going to say that these market a lot of these markets like skincare shampoos supplements all this kind of stuff they're very competitive they're very competitive yeah. because everybody knows that somebody who did well with it and they know how much money's in it and the consumables in it. So the, the, the competition comes up. And so one of the businesses we actually really like is boring businesses, like some B2B brands that own their own product and people buy over and over. Like there's an example, uh, a company I'm working with where they, they 3d print obsolete parts for um different types of things so like windows and doors and anything that's kind of gone obsolete so like the big manufacturer has decided that they're no longer going to support that product because it's not worth them because they're a billion dollar company and they're not going to do it so they come along and go well we can just 3d print that and once they've done the modeling of the first one anybody that wants it they can print it out and they can send it out and the, the margin on that is ginormous the value yeah. to the consumer is huge because it's like they can't get that part i mean either i've got to replace my entire window which is a couple of grand or i can get a new handle and it's it's you know what no those sort of businesses
1: they're very disruptive because because in fact we're working with an american business now that's um that, there's a few businesses that are similar to this occasionally you get industries like in the uk at the moment like uh, it was garden garden machinery and mm. and spare parts for garden machinery garden machinery and stuff like that like it used to used to have a store on each town in the uk and it'd be the yeah. same in the states the united states you have these little ind- these little hardware stores that are focusing on like garden machinery and the people that run them they're probably a bit old they're probably retired and they're all shutting down mm. and mm. no one can go and get these things these little these little th- specialist tools and things anymore they're, yeah. they're going online and, um, and of course, but the people who are online working with one right now, you know, it was massively cheaper than these little independents um, yeah. and he's just cleaning it up he's just, and yeah. then before anybody knows it, you know, he's so far ahead, he's miles ahead. So they can, no one can yeah. keep up because no one's even competing. No one's even selling them online. And I think no. that's kind of similar. Like you can I, just I, spot something like that.
0: And what happens with these Go businesses on. is that you get the consumers and the consumers might buy one off for the window, but you, you, there's all these people out there who do windows as a job who like do DIY or replace windows or have hotels with that window in it, you know? And it's like, well, we don't want to replace all the hotel windows. We need to re- order a thousands of these things, you know? So there's huge markets out there that, 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 that are untapped and they're being disrupted by these people who are actually coming yeah. and doing those things. I mean, I love... Boring businesses, and the reason I love boring businesses, they're under the radar because majority of people don't know they exist. Because they're boring, nobody wants to get into it because they don't really understand it. Like, who's going to come and start 3D printing parts for old windows? It's like, it's not, But you know, it's not like someone who comes up with a new supplement and everybody goes, oh, it's a new weight loss supplement. There's, There's this new berry from... Africa. That's you know, Everybody knows about it. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's scrambling to be the first person to get a supplement together and put a white label on it. And it's like you come to market and you go. Well, actually, I've realised I've come to the market with a thousand other people who've come to the market. Yeah. So it's very difficult know. to be destroyed. It's the barriers to entry,
1: isn't it? It's mm. is a is an interesting one, which is the old old marketing philosophies. But what about what about you know the pro- the problem with like a cosmetics one is 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 like the regulation, like what regulation yeah. like, and it's also. We were chatting before about, you know, what's what's risky is if you've got a product that could be banned by Facebook advertising because this happens, doesn't it? Yeah, like people yeah. are selling sort of supplements and Google goes, oh no, this this is this is supplement business. No, you we, we, you know, and it's, you can get your payment provider taken away. Shopify can chuck you off. You can get yeah. your Google ads it's banned. You get Facebook yeah. banned. It's like, oh my god, like your entire bloody recruitment.
0: There's a guy actually the other day there's a guy the other day on the group who uh, had a um, he had a site selling rugs and he you know made uh, paid a decent amount of money to move over to Shopify and launched and on his first day uh, Shopify said no you can't sell these rugs on here because they you're selling Persian rugs which come from Iran and it's it's like god you didn't you know obviously didn't know and didn't know that was going to happen and stuff like that because of all the not because The Iranian products are, he was in the UK, not because the Iranian products were um, not allowed to be sold in the UK, but because Shopify was a Canadian company and was applying to US laws, it wouldn't let him, it wouldn't let him do it. And so Mm. it just kind of blindsided them from, from the, so, you know, like, you don't, if you can't, if you don't have to, like supplements, it's hard because first of all, Facebook's always going to be a pain. Google's always going to be a pain. Um, Shopify might be a pain. Like, there's all these places that are, are going to be um, strict. There's also, also there's, if, there's like, you don't,
1: if you don't if you don't get the lifetime customer value right, you know, you, it's it's small because you really, you know, you got it's comparatively low average order value product.
0: Yeah, you know, so well, unless you have lifetime customer value. Yeah. That's it. I think people think that supplements have a good lifetime customer value. But what happens with a lot of supplements is people buy them and they just sit in people's cupboards and they don't actually take them. They might take them for a couple of months and then that's it. Um, so it's not as high lifetime customer value as other things mm. like shampoo, because shampoo is used. You know, everybody uses their shampoo. They, they, they're going to wash their hair at least, at least once a month, Ian, to be honest.
1: I'll get it. Done. <laughs> well, the other thing around some, I mean, it's possibly, this is not just for supplements, but the other thing that we find sometimes if you, if you are riding a fad, you're riding a trend mm. and, you know, riding a wave and like, you go, oh my God, it's great. And then it's absolutely great until it isn't and, the, and, yeah. the, and the, you know, it dissipates and you're like, you, you, you can't rely upon one thing and it happens a lot, doesn't it? in, in in certain business, I mean, we're seeing like a working with a, a trainer brand that's mm. just just started with us, and it's like, well, they did really, really well. Well, they did, in fact, they did nothing, and then it did really well, and then the wave's gone. And like, they're looking at they're looking at you know the site or well, what's happened with the Shopify, what's happened with the Google Ads, what's happened with the Meta, you know, all the all the ad be creative, yeah. and it's like, well, no, nothing's happened with it, but the market's
0: moved on, and you yeah. haven't. Yeah. And it's, you know, because there's no real reason are struggling to, buy. to find the answer. There was no mm. real reason to buy that product unless it was trending. And then it's trending, and then, you know, because trends are, you know, by their nature they're, they're transitory, then it, then it's gone. So the, there there was a ton of businesses during COVID, the lockdowns, yeah. that, that that trended and did really well that actually afterwards just stopped working. I mean, you could sell any food online join the lockdowns and do really well. So, like meal kits, hampers, all those kind of things. So they just kind of sprung up from everywhere, and you know, a lot of people left their jobs to go run these these businesses. And then it kind of stopped, and it, it, it if you know they would then think, well, I think conversion rate too low. You know,
1: I, I think it was. I don't. I think you got to be you got to be careful when you say that because I think yes, it accelerated some e-commerce growth certainly with covid but it, but it doesn't mean that it was a, it was a nap idea and it's not worth no. doing but i think you know we, everybody we obviously got very giddy with with the acceleration of growth during covid um and and it's a lot obviously if that was your only strategy was to sit and ride the covid wave and now you're thinking well well why why aren't they buying and you've got to work much harder so well, I think, you know, you've got to start, you've got to go back to the fundamentals and you've got to go, well, why would people buy from us? How am I going to steal market share, yeah. Et cetera. I cetera?
0: I think a lot of people came out of COVID on the other side of it higher than they went into it. You know, like they might have yes. done, you know, yes. 2 million going in, 17 million during COVID and then go back to like five, you know, yeah. like they came out better businesses because of the email list and the, the, the opportunity they've been. I was more talking about businesses that pretty much only existed due to COVID, that yeah. were, okay. um, like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like, like, like food boxes or sandwiches online and, and delivering sandwiches and things like that. Like there were certain businesses that, that were just, you, they didn't also need any advertising. It was just word of mouth. Like people would go, Oh, you can go and get some of these for this guy. And this guy's selling the stuff. And you didn't have to go onto Google. You didn't have to go onto Facebook and do it because it's like people were so desperate for the product that. That it, it it was just a very yeah. easy business so bored at home. But, yeah but trending trending stuff is difficult like there was a, there was someone who printed a certain type of personalized book that went really really big um, and for a cup for a few years and then it it, it, it died and, and and it's very difficult to keep whipping that same horse because basically it, it's if you have a product that is a very good gift and, and it gets bought too much Nobody wants to buy it the year after because you go, well, that surprise has been done. It's not going to be a surprise anymore, and mm-hmm. and therefore I don't want to. I don't want to get it this Christmas. It was the same with um, we were, used to work with someone who did wedding favors, and the wedding favor um, once celebrity used it for their wedding, and so therefore everybody started using this wedding favor for their wedding because it was it was trending and everybody wanted to do the same thing. But once you've had a wedding favor. At let's say I went to Ian's wedding and he had this this particular wedding flavour there. I'm not going to use that wedding favour at my wedding because I want my wedding to be different. So it becomes a big fad. Everybody does it and then nobody does it because nobody wants to you know, I wouldn't want Ian to think that I was copying his wedding. Right. Um you know. So Yeah. And it, 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 exactly. I mean the thing is it's like it's like take the you know,
1: take the wave, ride the wave, get the yeah, mm. get the cash. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but be, 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 don't be reliant upon it. You know, think about that. Yeah. Ne- don't be reliant upon it. Do you think about the next what's next? Cause this is going to go. Yeah. So if you think you're yeah. riding a wave, you know, take it and use it to elevate your business and use the cash to, you know, invest in other products and other things,
0: you know, the, the other, the other thing we want to talk about was being over reliant on, on marketplaces such as Amazon or eBay, um, and I wouldn't want yeah, or a business... any of them.
1: Not on the high yeah. street, Etsy, Not... et cetera, et cetera. And you see what's happening in the press now. I mean, there lots of people are having uh, money withheld. You know? Yeah. But I think the the, the pro- yeah, and the, the lesson there is is generally, it's like the rug can be pulled from under you, like yeah. in a in a bloody nanosecond because you don't own the customer.
0: You know? Yeah. You want to, to own yourselves. you want to own the customer because if you build up enough steam. With your own business, and that's if you can't advertise on Google anymore or Facebook anymore. If you have an email list of a hundred thousand customers, you're going to be able to generate some revenue from the, that customer list for a decent period of time, and hopefully, you know, you can figure out a new new recruitment source. But if you pretty much get the rug pulled from you on 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 Amazon or eBay, like, like for example, you've got a, like a, a margin product and then feeBay uh, fee <laughs> eBay puts their, their fees up so much, that could wipe out your entire margin. And it, 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 it's a diff- dangerous position to be in. That. Now, we're not advocating don't do eBay, don't do Amazon, but I think it should be part of the strategy that that, yeah. that is that is part of your business. Because sometimes Amazon and eBay and all the marketplaces, they can do good cash flow for you. They can, they can bring good cash flow off you. But like, if you want to have something sustainable, you ultimately want to have your own your own business, your own platform, where you own the customer, because they're also a lot more sellable as well. Um, because, like, there was a trend yeah. where people were buying Facebook businesses for very high—sorry, um, uh, Amazon businesses for very high multiples. Um, but I think that 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 was that was in the time of easy money, like when they were just kind of bankrolling anything, you know, with like low low interest rates. Now, 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 investors are looking for, you know customer ownership and um longevity of 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 repeat customer value and all those kind of things which is it's gone back to like the sensible stuff that which we used to have like about five years ago so yeah yeah but you know if you're sitting there and you're just selling on etsy you know a lot of the interestingly um people have read our book and um listened to some of our podcasts and stuff and used the hammersey brothers on their etsy and um amazon listings and it and it works and, and they've done really they've done better with it but I, I always wonder like why they aren't building up their own customers or building up their own business as well because i think that it just puts you in a much more comfortable position long term
1: yeah 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 well i think there's a protection for, i mean on amazon and ebay and Etsy these kind of places that there is a protection and a convenience mm. factor you know, there's always there's already a trust there, so you have to work you have to work a bit harder, but it's, it'll be worth it if you get it right. I mean, mm-hmm. the nice thing about doing the marketplaces it can it can get your volume up so that you can start to buy better and get efficiencies, and it's better for cash flow. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but if it's like it's just if it's the only channel you're relying upon. The other thing that we see sometimes is and we're working with a, a UK business that's doing about 60 million, um, but has completely cocked up their channel distribution. So they've got. Right, they're, yeah. they're actually. Yeah. A, no, they're, they're a. They're a, Yeah. They're a wholesale. They're bit. Well, they're B. They're a B two B, but they've got their own B two C brand. So they're selling direct to retail to customers, mm-hmm. and they've got their retail channels as well. But they've just cocked it up. So they're they're selling it to eBay sellers who are who are completely slamming the price. Amazon's matching the price, you know, and then Homebase and Argos are matching the price, and it's just it they they're just screwed. Like they, the difficult. What's the happened? And
0: we should probably explain this because what happens is they 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 only sell to people who buy big orders. But there's trade groups that have got together that buy these big orders, aren't they? And then these eBay sell. Yeah. Then they sell. They sell to eBay sellers. So you've got these kind of middle middle managers, middle buyers in the channel that have built up. That and it sounds crazy because if you sit there and you go, well they must be making some money on it and they must be making some money on it, and they must be making some money on it. But it's got to the point where it's got so big that they don't want to upset it because it's, it's something like 80, well, it's 85% about 20, of the revenue. We well, it was
1: 20, I wasn't, it's about 20 million.
0: Yeah. So, and so that,
1: that one trade by group is about 20 million. But basically what we mean is, is just be careful about who, if you are a, you know, a, a brand, and you're thinking about doing wholesale as well. Mm. Um, just be careful about who you allow to sell your product, because it's exciting. You're oh, great; we can shift more volume. It's going to, and mm. you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Just be careful about yeah. about the you know the, what you what your parameters are. Um, yeah. In fact, it's it. There was, and from the, from the other side, you know. There's there were, in fact, I was chatting to an American brand last week is coming on to our deep dive and they were talking about the minimum advertised price or the manufacturer advertised price. And it's like, you know, the, you know, I think it was MAP and, and it's, you know, we've had this in the UK and some brands enforce it much, more hard, much harder than others. Um, and some, 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 some industries are just, just no enforcement at all. But again, mm. I think you should th- think about that as well if you're starting to do wholesale, but you can, you know you can you can make a mess of it but it's it's not it's not it's not relevant to everybody
0: no and i think a lot of people are kind of getting started with it and stuff like that you you know they're they're a very long standing company that kind of got themselves into a stupid position over a long long period of time and they've just it's just (laughs) just got it to it and it's very hard to unravel and you just think god what have you done it's just stupid yeah but um i think the other thing is i've seen companies that have Like they'll get a one-year distribution uh, agreement in Australia, you know, like an American brand, and they'll bring it over to the UK and they'll get a license to sell it for a year, and you know, like they might, you know, build a channel, build the customers, and then they lose it because they lose the distribution agreement, and that's difficult. That's difficult because you've you've done all the work, you've brought you built it up, and you know, there was there was someone who was we were working with for years who was who brought in children's products. Um, like you know, baby products and things like that, and that they had the the exclusive agreement for this for for a certain period of time, and they kind of they kind of bring them in and they build them up and then they then if it you know it was almost like um, this reminds me of, you know when we used we used to do some um, back in the day we used to do these commission agreements where we would uh, yeah. we would build build you know we would build the website we build the business and then we would we'd get paid commission and the reason we stopped doing it was because if it if it didn't work, it didn't work. We didn't get paid anything. If it did work, what happened was we got the, the customer got so annoyed that we were earning so much money because we've been so successful. that they didn't like it because they were like, bloody hell, that's a lot of money to pay. And so it, it, it's it. it what t- tends to happen with the commission agreements is that we did too well. And it, it, and, it mm. and it and the we no one um,
1: share equity.
0: Yeah. just to, to tee everyone up. That's yeah. all we want. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was interesting. So like it's the same thing with that. Like if you if if you launch your product into a country into a country, and you know you've got the the, the rights to it, unless you've got that completely tied down, um, that you're going to kind of um, you know own it for a long long period of time. And there's actually the guy you were talking to this morning who did it with the um, the cider. Um, they obviously tied it yeah. down when it went into the UK, and they made a lot of money from it. They made a huge amount of money because they they benefited from all the um, yeah. all the growth That's of that in sure. the country. Whereas if they had only had it, it the license for two years, the company would have gone right. Two years, right? Yeah. Now we're going to take it over. It's our product, and we'll we'll run with it. So yeah, it's just it's just really kind of having the long runway, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: So, other well, ones, other I mean, ones who think it's high. Yeah. Well, 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 you're going to say what would we invest in? But the other one I would say yeah. before we finish is is anything that's got really high returns. You know, and yeah. it's not necessarily can't do it, but it's like oh god, like women's fashion in certain certain areas of women's fashion, it's like foot forty forty five percent returns. Young you know, women, like, oh my god, young nightmare. women,
0: and then buying you, yeah. ten products and returning nine of them. Yeah, yeah like which
1: that. is difficult for cash flow because you've got to pay for, obviously, all your advertising up front and you commission on your credit cards, et cetera, except picking pack costs and dealing with all the return. That's like, yeah. oh, God. That's nightmare. So, so well, yeah, you were going to ask me the question. You're going to say, well, okay, these are all the things we wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, well, what would we do? And obviously, it's yeah. the opposite of all of those things. Um, but I think I think if we were going to invest in an e business, well, I'll say what I would do where yeah. I would go like if we were going to invest in a business today. What would I look for? I would look for um, I would look for I would look for, I would look at margin. I want as high as margin I could get. So I want, mm-hmm. I want a margin of at the least over 60%. I want lifetime customer value of at least over two times a year. Mm-hmm. And I would look for something that I could, that could easily be disruptive that I could see clearly what the angle was that mm. there, was a, there was a, there was a, clear reason why people should buy from us and something like a leverage against. But I, I would also look for, I would look for like an asset, like an audience, like ideally I'd want, mm. I'd want to be able to, to, to go that there's a clear audience there that I'm going to go. And so, I mean, that's quite difficult for people to, if you were starting out, you don't have an audience. But that's, what mm. I mean by that is if, um, you know, if we were working with a celebrity or, a you know they'd have an audience or you know something mm. that we could tap into a following that we could go mm. but but mainly mainly i get my maths right i'd get my i'd get my maths right and that's what i'd do mm. um what would what about you what would you if i said yet to invest gun to your head what would you do where would you invest in ecom
0: now um by a brand any brand i seen some quite interesting kind of um I mean, moisturisers—it's very hard to, to get going. But I've seen some quite interesting models in America that are working quite well. That 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 um, have got a nice message. It's quite simple. There's one where, you know, like every moisturiser has, you know, the the dry skin type, the sensitive skin type, the moisture, you know, those kind of things. But what they're doing is, you, you go on, you do a, you do a bit of a quiz, and they say that they formulate a uh, specific um, moisturiser for you. Um, which is probably bollocks, mm. but basically that you answer these questions and then they would send out the one that formulated specifically for your skin. Now what they're probably doing yeah. is sending one of three three out to them. But like it's a nice message. It's interesting. People like kind of personality tests like skin tests like those kind of just take our skin test, see what would work for you. Then they get loads of social proof on it. And then of course once you've got your your specific mix that you go, you're gonna keep buying it because it's get like loyal. well that's that works for me, that's my, that's my, that's my thing. So something like that would be something that it, you know, you could, you could do do really well. um,
1: There was a brand that we were talking, when we were in Singapore, we met, there was a brand that we were talking about called the ordinary, which is the Mm. Mm. one of the fastest growing cosmetics brands in the world. I think. Yeah. Um, Certainly in, certainly in the UK and Europe. And it's like, and what they basically did is they just they looked at how to be disruptive, and they and they they said, well, you know, you can get this skin this face cream, and it's you know a hundred dollars, and it's got yeah. this particular ingredient. It, this is the ingredient; it's got two percent of this in and four percent of that in, and you or you can have ours that's got exactly the same two percent of this in four percent yeah. of that. In. It's identical, and you have it for for fifteen dollars.
0: Yeah, something um, like that. And that they really literally disruptive. played the two against
1: yeah, yeah, it was very, very disruptive and it just it just it just absolutely flew. But obviously that's a simple one, but we were talking a lot about about but yeah, I agree with you. I think I think those are those are the, the reason why, the reason why we get a business like that is because the margin is so high that mm. you can afford to get away with murder on your recruitment strategy. So if you're like, like on the flip side, we were working with a business that was selling car tires once. Mm. And that was the worst business that we'd ever seen. I'm, I'm, no disrespect to him, he's a really nice guy, mm. but his margin was like about 7%. So his his mm. minimum new customer recruitment was 21 times. So for every mm. pound, he needed 21 pounds back to to break even. And they mm. never bought again either. So only ever bought one set of car tires. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, oh my god, this is a nightmare. We're going to need the volumes and the money and the cash flow. It was just insane. It's like, oh no, never, never again no. would we no. would we go anywhere near that. Um, mm.
0: Basically, basically it was an and so the business, all... really wasn't. It? If you look at it, yes. it's affiliate. You know, yeah. affiliates yeah. get paid seven percent, five percent, something like that. You know, yeah, you know, it's, it's different. It's different, but you yeah. know, like there's also like if you've got low margin and low average order value, like a lot of the, a lot of like Google, for example, it seems to almost have like a setup cost. So for every sale, it almost like charges you something for the sale. Like, like for example, like the cost per sale that you pay doesn't trend downwards with average order value. So let's say you're selling something for $10. Yeah. The cost per sale doesn't come down to low enough in order to make it work. Whereas if you have, higher average order value, then it, it, it doesn't seem to trend upwards as, as much for some reason. And the same thing with delivery cost. So if we noticed this when we were selling perfumes and aftershaves because it was a low average order value business. And the delivery cost as a percentage of the sale cost was really significant. So like if you're selling something for 20, 20 pounds and the delivery cost is is five pounds, that's a big chunk of percentage that you're giving. Especially when
1: the margin is like Mm. 30%.
0: Yeah. And then, but if you're selling something for 200 pounds and the delivery is maybe 15 pounds, that delivery cost as a percentage of the sale is way, way, way lower. And once you put that into the margin calculator sheet, you realize that it's, it's a game changer. So there's all these little,
1: I think, I think more so. I think definitely with the Google shopping cost, it's definitely seen that that the cost the the, the mm. cost of acquisition more efficient. The average
0: order value is higher. It's more efficient. Well, know, I think from, it, it, comes, see, like, you, it comes down to a practical yeah. thing. Like if I was saying, if I was living down the road, you know, from you, and you said, "Can you send me some salt in the post?" You'd go, "I'm not sending you some salt in the post. That's ridiculous." You know, go and get your own salt because it's just too small. Whereas if he said, "Oh, could you send me?" Uh, the uh the 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 drill the pack of drill sets that, that that i need for this new job um because i'm going you'd, you'd send it over because it's a significant thing it's worth the hassle isn't it you know like selling sweets online and things like that it's difficult unless people are buying a decent amount because it's it's a lot of hassle yeah for people yeah. to go well through. I was, I, it's not well I was just yeah i mean it's not just the delivery i
1: was i was saying like that you know the actual minimum like you say, with before, like the minimum Google shopping, for example, seems to be able to recruit a customer for tends to be around like ten pounds. Mm. You know, it, mm. it, it. You know, and then and then it, like you say, it doesn't seem to dip below much, much, much below that. Obviously, there are exceptions, yeah. but it, same, the, the, the higher the average order, value, the, the more efficient.
0: Yeah, same across yeah. the world. It's like it's across every country I've worked at done at Google Ads, and it's, it's been like you don't you seem to have this kind of yeah, like I say, the setup cost. And, um, you know, if you're selling something for small amounts, something like maybe like there's always like $10 Google charges you per sale regardless. And then, and then you get the rest of it on top, which is the auction. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and um, so you wouldn't want to be selling something like 20 bucks. Oh, it's so hard. So hard. It, it is if unless you've
1: got a really, really cheap way of recruiting them.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you've got if you've got twenty if you've got twenty if it's twenty bucks and you've got a, like a ninety five percent margin, you're probably making you're probably making as much as earning someone to kind of doing fifty bucks, aren't you? Because who has a thirty yeah. percent margin, you know? So yeah, it, it is that. And th- and if you've got a lifetime customer, it can work. But if you're selling <laughs> one offs like twenty dollars, like there's some people who sell like guides and maps and things like that for when they go to cities, and it's like twenty bucks, and it's and it's like, well, you're only going to go to the city once. So how, how, how are you going to get the lifetime customer value? Maybe they'll yeah. buy another one for another city when they go, but it's like it's, it's going to be a small percentage of people that do that. So if you're selling something like that, may, you've got to have upsells on it so that they maybe get a package so that the, the average order value gets up to maybe like 80, 80 bucks or something like that. And it's, it's a whole experience that they're getting or something. But it's, mm. um, you know, you, you, you've got the fundamental, I think a lot of times with businesses is that, we want them to work so much because it's our baby and it's our aspiration. And I think the first, first entrepreneurial business that I had, I I had something and, but I wanted it to be something so much that I never really wanted to lift up the rock to look underneath to see what it actually was, because I was so scared that it wasn't going to be the thing that was going to pull me out. Cause I was working full time. I was working for Siemens, um, uh, or, or IBM I can't remember the other stuff and I really wanted to get out of it and I wanted this thing you wanted to be, to this be that thing yeah so much that um that I didn't really want to look underneath the rock and kind of have that conversation with myself and say well how you know how much money do you want to earn how's this going to do this because it was almost like if I lifted up the rock and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be I was going to be crushed but and, and and that's what ultimately happened. That that business was not the business that pulled me out of out of the jobs, the corporate world. It was it was the other ones. It was the other things. But what I should have done is lifted that rock up straight away, and gone. Yep, yeah, not this one. Let's move on. That's how we're going to do it. Yeah. because You could you can waste so you, much or time. You, or you,
1: or you look at the limitations. You know, you know, you look at the limitations mm. of the business around the math and say, well, how can I get the average order value? It makes it easier. Yeah. Mean, you know, same thing had today.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Awesome. Thank away. you very much. We'll leave it there. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. See you. you all next week. Cheers, guys, Guys. Nice.